1: Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au
0: Welcome to the Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves for Maccas, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today.
2: Ah, very good evening and welcome to John Kane Arena. We're everywhere on SEN today. Andy and Gazy doing a brilliant job from the uh, Intra Club at RSEA Stadium with the Saints on St Kilda Membership Day. And I'm joining you from John Kane Arena. Throwdown 14 coming to you on SEN later on this evening. Myself and Felix von Hoff to be calling uh, all the action. And these two teams haven't met since round two where things just exploded um, after Mitch Creek put down one of the most vicious dunks that we've seen uh, on Matthew Delavadova, Mason Peatling took exception for that and uh, he planted... Mitch Creek like a tree. Uh, and then an almighty fracas spilled out into the crowd. So these two teams haven't played since then. and There's plenty at stake, not just uh, Melbourne Pride on the line, but uh, whoever wins this game will go to top spot. So really looking forward to bringing this game to you later on. But Macca's run first and foremost, of course, and we do it all for the MyMaccas app. Distractingly good deals only. On the Macca's app. This is your chance to have your say on the news of the day. 1300 736 736, the number. You can text me anytime 0433 98 1116. Off the Temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. Your say on the news of the day. Give me a call at any stage. If you're just getting into the car and you've had a big day, and I hope you have had a good day, however you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in, it is great to have your company, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us uh, on the SEN network love to hear from you if you've been itching to just have uh your two bobs worth if you want to get a little bee out of your bonnet get something off your chest something tickling your fancy something's put a fly in your ointment whatever it is and you'd like to share it one 736 736 the number plenty of big stories getting around today uh, as well why don't we start with an interesting one and we don't often talk golf right off the top but it's looking more and more likely that the saudi-funded super golf league is more than just talk and represents a very real threat to the uh, pga tour this uh, super golf league uh, an estimated 2.9 billion dollars being sunk into it reportedly will go public next month at uh, at the players championship which is considered by many to be the fifth major it's believed that they've secured around 20 pros to take part in this Super Golf League. Now, Rory McIlroy has said that he's sick of it. We'll hear from him in just a moment. Uh, He was speaking at the uh, the Genesis Invitational at Riviera. John Rahm apparently against it as well. Adam Scott admitted um, in the last week that he had been in discussions regarding it. Didn't say whether he was in or out, but certainly said that he had had discussions in regards to it. PGA Tour player, uh, Kramer Hickok, said recently this week that you're going to see a lot of big names jump over there. So he believed that there was at least 17 pros uh, that had signed up to play. There's reports that Bryson DeChambeau had been offered $200 million to be the poster boy of it. It's believed that Adam Scott was approached as early as May last year, along with Justin, Dustin, Johnston, uh, Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. So this is a, a pretty big story, and it's the second time in a year that we've heard about a potential breakaway Super League. You remember last year, the European Super League was going to take the very biggest clubs uh, in European and uh, UK soccer to form their own entity, their own competition, the very best of the best. And if you look back over history, too, and I'd love to get your view on it, do breakaways ever work? Now, the first one that springs to mind, of course, is World Series cricket, Kerry Packer. That changed the face of cricket, and it is what it is today, really, because of what Kerry Packer was able to do. So that was a breakaway that proved successful. The VFL was a breakaway from the VFA, and now we have the AFL, the biggest competition in Australia. So for some who... Talk about the fact that, well, no, you've got to stick with tradition and uh, why would they do this and this will ruin the game. There's examples in the past, yes, where it has uh, upset the game no end and it took Rugby League a little while to recover from Super League, but there are other examples where it's actually been the greatest thing that ever happened to a particular sporting organisation. So we're fascinated by what might unfold here Uh, with the PGA Tour under real threat now. And uh, earlier on, uh, Andy and Gazi spoke to Evan Priest uh, in regards to how serious the threat was of the Saudi Golf League.
1: Well, I I think it's the most serious threat that the the, the tour has ever faced, really. We, We sort of haven't treated this rival Golf League very seriously up until, you know, potentially contracts started going out the last couple of months, and apparently a lot of... As, as we you just mentioned, 17 players as, as seemingly signed, sealed, delivered, and the money potentially in their bank accounts. So, I think I think this is the very first time that the tour is legitimately considering this. This threat could be, um, you know, uh, evident by by as soon as, as, as the middle of this year. So, I believe that the commissioner of the PGA Tour, Jay Monaghan, is going to hold a bit of a crisis talk at the Honda Classic next week, which is the tournament following the one that's going to kick off uh, tonight. Um, and probably address any concern, and potentially throw the iron fist down and say, anyone who considers joining this new tour could face uh, a lifetime ban.
2: That's Evan Priest, a writer, PGA Tour editor at Golf Digest Australia. He also spoke uh, about uh, Greg Norman and Adam Scott, uh, and the, and their hope that the PGA and the uh, the Super League can coexist.
1: Greg Norman and, and people like potentially Adam Scott are certainly hoping that they, they can coexist harmoniously because, you know, I, I don't speak for Adam Scott here, but I do know him, and, and I know that if, if he could dip in and out of a tour like the PGA Tour, pick and choose to cherry-pick the events that he wants to and then sort of play around the world globally, suiting uh, his schedule and the majors, that, that, that's something that he would definitely entertain at this point in his career. He's, he's achieved everything he's wanted to domestically in the States. You know, he's, he's won all the big events, some of the invitationals, all he cares about at this point in time is setting his family up for life and, and getting that second and potentially third major. Um, so as long as he can do that, it, it does, he would rather play the regions of the world that he prefers yeah. and not sort of be forced to play all his golf in the states, basically except for two weeks. So um, to answer your question, it, it's yeah, it's very interesting. But but I, I know that Greg Norman wants wants this to exist harmoniously. He doesn't want to take down the PGA
0: despite
1: what you know some people have speculated. But you know, there's a bit of an axe to grind with Greg for sure. As, as the both of you know, he sort of tried to get a rival league started up, yeah. um, an eight-event series in the 90s with backed by Rupert Murdoch, and they even had a, a contract, a TV contract signed still to deliver with Fox News. So um, but he he definitely doesn't want to take down the two. I, I think he wants to for it to exist kind of um, bilaterally, if that if that makes sense.
2: Evan Priest, Golf Digest Australia, of course. The, this Saudi-backed. Super Golf League is being fronted by Greg Norman. Uh, Adam Scott did speak about the appeal of the Saudi Golf League. I think
3: the schedule they're proposing is very appealing to probably most golfers I would think. Um, You know, depending what what your goals are in golf, I think the schedule is very appealing. So from that side of things, I would consider doing that for sure. From a lifestyle side of things, yes.
1: Have you had any discussions with them at all?
3: Yes, yeah. But like everyone else, we're sworn to secrecy,
2: Alex. <laughs> Adam Scott, we're sworn to secrecy. Rory McElroy gave his view. After saying that uh, he was sick of talking about it, he did uh, speak about the intrigue about who might be in it. Yeah, look, I guess I'm intrigued that, that who would... Certainly for the
3: younger guys, like it just seems like just a, just a massive risk and a massive, I just don't see, I can maybe make sense of it for the guys that are getting into the the, the latter stages of their career for sure. Um, But I don't think that's what a rival golf league is really want to, you know, that's not what they're going to want, is it? I mean, they don't want some sort of league that's like a pre-champions tour. You know, it's so, I don't know. Yeah, like I I guess it's, I understand the financial part of it for guys that are later on in their career, but I certainly don't like, and you look at the people that have already said no, Ram, number one in the world, Colin Morikawa, myself. Like, I mean, you've got the top players in the world are saying no. So, I mean, that has to tell you something.
2: So that was uh, Rory McIlroy, not a massive fan of uh, the proposed Super Golf League, the Saudi-backed Super Golf League. Greg Norman is the CEO. So they haven't really announced any blueprint of what the proposed league might look like. There's no official word on how many players will be involved and how many tournaments the league will put on as well. So there's still so much that that we don't know, but Golf Digest have written a great article about uh, what we do know, and that is that the investment in golf in that region uh, has been absolutely massive. Um, LIV Golf Uh, named Greg Norman as its CEO in October. Um, I'm just reading this straight from Golf Digest, followed by a number of former executives of the PGA Tour and other sports affiliations in Feb. They announced a $300 million 10-year investment in the Asian Tour at the Saudi International, which now falls under the Asian Tour umbrella and is sponsored by PIF. That included a 10-event international series that will host tournaments in in Asia, Middle East uh, and Europe. So it is fascinating, and it does get your mind sort of wandering back to when we have seen examples of other breakaway competitions uh, in the past. And, you know, could this be something that sits alongside golf like the IPL sits alongside cricket? Is it a place for uh, players? And and we always think that every single golfer makes a ton of money. It's not the case. um, the, the, the the upper bracket do make... Uh, it's like tennis. The best make a lot of money, but there are so many touring professionals that just uh, scratch out uh, a living. You know, they do it out of the back of their car if they have to until they get that big, um, not major win, but certainly a PGA Tour win. So is this another way? And there are a few that believe that, oh, it'll just be, you know, young professionals and, and seniors, but they wouldn't put $2.9 billion into a seniors tour. So they clearly must have some big names so that'll be fascinating to see who does come out in support uh, of this super golf league they're expecting that there's an announcement going to be made around the players championship next month so we'll wait with bated breath uh, but give us your thoughts one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 98 steve's on the road g'day steve hey how are you i'm good thanks mate what have you got for me
4: i got the world series cricket that was the best thing that ever happened to cricket yeah. um The biggest problem was jeff thompson didn't come first year up with them and by then he was pretty shot but um yeah that that made a big difference pay packet wise and also with the quality of of the game itself um i'm all all for something like that um when i was a kid i used to watch the um million dollar um tournaments in sun city and all that they've all disappeared now but they were great to watch the best of the best um playing not traditional golf but you know um, um uh, what's it called point score or something you know where you um get a birdie Stableford. you won the hole you won the pot yeah you know you win the pot yeah um that was worth watching, you know, and even even with cricket today, apart from the Ashes, nobody really cares less about the other games. There isn't that um, prestige about it. And I'm sure it's the same with golf and tennis. You take away the, the majors and there's nothing else. So in Australia, the meantime, India, I reckon...
2: Australia-India, though, has almost got itself up onto... And I'm a traditionalist when it comes to Test cricket because I absolutely love it. I, I can watch it all day, every ball, every session. But I, I would think that Australia-India now is almost uh, up into the same echelon as uh, as Australia-England. So I think I don't think it's just the Ashes anymore that carry the cachet in Test cricket, Steve. But I but I like your point about what this could be. If you just do the same old thing again, maybe there's no place for this league. But if they were to mix it up, if they were to try something different, if there was to be a different format to this that you hadn't, that we don't see in the PGA Tour or in the majors, then maybe that is something that can exist and and bring a crowd and maybe have players not feel like they're betraying uh, the PGA Tour if it is something they get involved in. Yeah, yeah,
4: because even the Rebel Tour was good, but there were. Out of that lot, they were were playing the best South African team possible, but there wasn't the talent. The Australians didn't have the talent because they're all playing for Australia. Um, The West Indies, the ones that weren't quite good enough, were doing the Rebel Tour. Um, But if they loosen their their thoughts a little bit and let them just do something off season or, or whatever, You know, it could be marvellous what they could do, and it'd be better for all. It'd be better for the spectators. They may come up with a better way of of, of showing things. Um, Obviously, the money would be a lot better for them. And um, I think it'd be a win-win all around. It's just that some people, you know, with suits on, tend to think, oh, it's our game, and I don't want to get it tarnished, or I don't want to do this. I don't want to change from something. Um... Yeah, that's
2: my thoughts. Yeah, and, and, and I thank you for ringing up and sharing them, Steve. Um, and also too, I mean, I think that um, for some, and without getting too political, but there will be some that will have a moral issue with um, being part of something that is Saudi-backed. Um, that is something that will play a part in the decision-making process uh, for, for players um, and people and their involvement uh, in it as well. So it is going to be fascinating to see. And sometimes these competitions only believe they have um, a chance of succeeding because they think that there's inherent issues with the with the dominant, whether it be dominant tour or dominant competition, that exists for the time being. That was certainly the case with World Series cricket. And that was certainly what the issue... That was part of the issue with the European Super League, that they thought that they could do it better than how it was being run now. Um so if you think you can do it better and you think there's a something, things that aren't being done that should be getting done, then you'll think that you're a, a chance to, to take away eyeballs, to take away players, to take away um, investors, whatever it might be. one 300 736 736 433 16 David saying if Kerry Packer was still alive, it would have happened years ago. I don't know if that means that the uh, the breakaway for the golf... But you can have your say on that. Uh, So we're at John Kane Arena tonight. Throwdown 14. South East Melbourne, Phoenix. Melbourne United, uh, the last eight, they are four and four. And, of course, the last time these two teams played, uh, all hell broke loose. So we just wait with bated breath for this game to get underway. It'll be one of the games of the season, I've got no doubt. Uh, But Macca's run is your say on the news of the day. It's been St Kilda membership day today, and there's plenty of Saints that have spoken uh, to SEN all throughout the day we will bring you the best of what they had to say. And we'll also hear a little bit from Cricket Australia's new chairperson, Dr Lockie, Lachlan Henderson, about what awaits him, what are the most important things that he would need to address. You can have your say on that. one 736 736 or 0433-98-1116 uh, off the temper text. This is the Maccas run, distracting good deals only on the MyMackers app.
5: So the board was very clear in the, in the process around the coach renewal Um, We set that process uh, out last year and it was always going to be a decision that was made at the end of the ashes. Uh, There was a a period of consultation. Uh, We tasked management with uh, a report and recommendations um, that was received by the board at our February meeting. Um, And obviously the history beyond that is well known. With, with With any significant decision like that, Um, boards should reflect on on that process that was involved. Um, It is unfortunate that a bit of that played out in the media and we'll reflect on whether that should have been accelerated through the summer. But it was always our our intention to make that uh, um, decision at the end of the summer and we followed that process.
2: That's new uh, Cricket Australia chairperson Dr Lachlan Henderson, who becomes CA's third chair in five months. He replaces interim interim leader Richard Freudenstein. uh, who took over from Earl Eddings after he resigned in October. Uh, Back then, Eddings had lost support from New South Wales, Queensland and maybe one or two other states, which uh, meant that uh, his position became untenable. So, uh, at the moment, uh, that man, Dr Lachlan Henderson, is Epworth Healthcare's chief executive, Since 2018, he's been on the Cricket Australia board. He previously was the WACA chair before moving to Melbourne uh, in 2017. So it's been a pretty tumultuous time for Cricket Australia. They've come under fire for not only how they handled Tim Payne's situation, but also, too, how poorly they handled the exit uh, of Justin Langer. So a lot's been said today, and... um, the, uh, the doctor has uh, made a press conference and we're continuing on a, a worrying trend at the moment with press conference where we're having them in places where we can't hear the person talk. I don't know if that's by design, but that's been happening more and more. Just a little aside there, but uh, he has said today too that the CA board is relatively new with seven of the nine members having been on the board for less than three and a half years and the imminent appointment of a new independent director will bring further fresh ideas and perspective. Henderson said. That's the second time that the word fresh ideas was used uh, because it was his predecessor or interim predecessor, Richard Freudenstein who said that um, Henderson brings a combination of fresh ideas a clear plan and broad experience together with continuity to the position having served as a CA director for the past three years which I do, I'm not being a smart ass, but if he, where were these fresh ideas, has he just kept them to himself until he's been, re, now that he's been appointed we'll hear the fresh ideas you've been there for three years I'd love to know what the fresh ideas are now that you didn't have and that you weren't able to share three years ago. And I am being facetious, of course. But uh, there was criticism directed towards Cricket Australia that they didn't look outside their bubble uh, and outside their uh, immediate sphere. According to an article that Ben Horn uh, wrote today, that... Um, some other people that were looked at to fill that position. Uh, John McMurtry, John Gillum, uh, and Venues New South Wales and GWS Giants chairman Tony Shepard, but they ultimately settled on one of their own. So I love all the talk about fresh ideas and new directions and new people and all that kind of stuff, but you have been there for three years uh, already. So there's some big things uh, that need to be addressed, and, and Ben Horn's written a great article today in The Herald Sun, and uh, he's mentioned the top seven things that... Uh, that Dr Lachlan Henderson needs to address as the new chairman. So obviously settle on a new men's coach. Now, Andrew McDonald, he points out, um, if he wants that job, he has said that there needs to be more clarity in the role. Will it be split? How will it work? Uh, which is a very good point that he's raised. He's also said that uh, a BBL rescue plan needs to be implemented. There's still two years left of the broadcast deal on the current BBL broadcast deal, but uh, this is what Dr uh, Lockie Henderson had to say about the BBL. Uh, we've got a new cricket
5: strategy coming up this year Um, part of that strategy will be uh, a review of the big bash league it's been a great product for over a decade Um, but the strategy will involve a renewal and refresh of the big bash league
2: so short and sweet but one of the things that ben horn pointed out that maybe they might want to have a look at and, he, and I'll read directly from the article here. Cricket Australia are going to need to be prepared to part with some coin to resuscitate the competition, whether that means handing money back to the broadcasters to shorten the length of the season or opening the checkbook to lure serious overseas talent. He says, above all else, though, the key is to find a window where as many Australian internationals as possible can play so standards and profile can lift. Cricket Australia needs to become more decisive with its decision-making and this is a good place to start. Just actually making decisions would be a great place to start. And again, I am being facetious, but we didn't get a decision on Justin Langer, so hopefully we can get things here. He points out that a new broadcast deal, uh, fixing the state factions fight for women's cricket to make it um, to get the rest of the world catching up to what Australia's doing in that space as well, and even suggesting that uh, they fast-track a women's IPL, so put pressure on the BCCI Uh, to get that underway. Find another prominent test player for the board and earn back trust, uh, which is a a, couple of great suggestions as well. If you've got any suggestions about what the Cricket Australia board needs to address straight away, one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 or 433 98 off the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. St Kilda membership day today on SEN. We've had the who's who of the Saints uh, across the course of the day. I'm going to bring you the most interesting bits of what they've had to say on the other side of this uh, as the Maccas run. is doing it live from John Kane Arena throw down fi- throw down 14 tonight myself and Felix von Hoff to call all the action Melbourne United v South East Melbourne Phoenix back after this we're at John Kane Arena tonight it is throw down 14 Melbourne United, South East Melbourne, Phoenix. Uh, really looking forward to this game. The winner goes to the top of the NBL table. It's uh, the Maccas run. Distractingly good deals only on the My Macca's at 1300 736 736 to have your say on the news of the day. Plenty on the news menu for you to sink your teeth into. when you can text in 0433 98 1116 off the Temper text line. Temper a mattress like no other. Clive's in Brunswick. G'day, Clive. How are you, mate? I'm well, thanks. That's good to hear.
6: I
3: was just listening to what you were saying about the guy who's uh, taking over Cricket Australia. Um, I'm thinking a bit hard on him to say that, you know, he's been there for three years. He should have changed things by now. Uh, I was just taking to exception board, you know? to the,
2: the, the, the term fresh ideas, Clive. Um, if he had fresh ideas, sure. I just found that a little interesting given he has been there for three years and they're saying we've got all these fresh ideas. That's great. I'm wondering where they've been for the last three years. That's all. Well, and you, that's you could be right. I could be being too facetious on that.
3: No, I'm not saying you're being facetious, but I suppose having been on quite a few boards, um, and I'm a big noting myself, but successful companies it takes you a while yep. to get people to have confidence in you, um, and yep. you've got to win the vote. You know, you just, you just, uh, you need to put your views out there, convince the board mm. that you're on the right path, and then people fall in with you. But you know, that, in my experience, that takes a couple of years at least, maybe two or three years. I'm sure there's lots of people who have been on the Cricket Australia board that are very entrenched in their views. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think you've got to give them a go.
2: OK? No, good call. Clive, I'm probably guilty. And, and I mentioned that article that Ben Horn wrote where the last thing that he said that they need to do is win back trust. And maybe, and I think you've just pointed something out, I reckon I'm in that boat where maybe I'm, like, a lot of fans who have lost a bit of trust in what's going on uh, in that room, in that boardroom. So, you know what? I'm going to take your advice on board. I am going to pull back on the pessimism. I'm going to look at it glass half full, look at it a little bit more optimistically with an open mind, and we'll see how it all unfolds. But I thank you for pulling me up on that because I reckon you're right. I'm sounding a little jaded. Well,
3: I'm I'm not trying to pull you up. I'm just trying to explain to you what it's like yeah, you know, It's like no, a little appreciate democracy. appreciate you doing you've, it. You've got, you've, got ten, you've got 10 people around the board, and you just walk in the door. Uh, the last thing you need is to start banging the table and doing this and doing that. You, you get nowhere. You've got to talk to people, get them used to what your ideas are, convince them, you get a couple of wins, and then all of a sudden things happen. You know? uh, that's my experience
2: in life, OK? Yep. No, I appreciate you sharing it, Clive, and, and I thank you for ringing in. Uh, do so any time, please one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 a couple of people uh, giving their suggestions about what the Cricket Australia uh, board need to do uh, what the, the, the things that they need to address first and foremost, David says 1, complete new board 2, develop a culture where the players don't backstab the coach uh, Dean says Cricket Australia seriously needs to separate the coaching jobs test for Andrew McDonald, 1 day international and T20 for Ricky Ponting short and big bash, maybe an NZ team and a Canberra team, that's from Dean I actually think there's too many Big Bash teams. Given that we can't get the international talent that we'd like, I think we've got too many teams. I don't think we need two from Melbourne, two from Sydney. That might be a way just to shorten the season and build up bigger rivalry matches between the states uh, as opposed to the Melbourne v Melbourne rivalry, Sydney v Sydney. Uh, Off the text, don't mind you being facetious, but I reckon you'll find chairman is already gender neutral. Please no chairperson, just in manager and Okay, thanks for that, Damien, in Bells Beach. Uh, by the way, I'm all for AFLM in football and batter in cricket. Thank you for sharing that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 98 Ryan's in
4: Coldstream. G'day, Ryan. Yeah, hey, g'day, mate. Um, yeah, I reckon the Yanks are on the money there with Ben Simmons. I reckon he's just taken the uh, proverbial, and now that he's been traded, he's all good to go. It's just, it just seems ridiculous.
2: So, I spoke about this yesterday, Ryan, and and I can understand people being pessimistic, but my view on it yesterday was be very careful going down the road where we decide that we know better than the individual person about what they may or may not be experiencing with their mental health. I think that's a dangerous road to go down when we spend a lot of time on Are You OK? Day, um, Movember, so many fantastic organisations, Lifeline, uh, Beyond Blue... You name it, we're trying to tell people to speak up if you're struggling, to have the courage to, to put your hand up and say, I need help. And then the moment someone does that, and if we don't like the way they do it, and, if, and a lot of times if they tend to be rich and successful or we don't like the way they've behaved on the sporting field, we dismiss it out of hand. And I think look at maybe that the fact that a lot of those journalists are from Philadelphia and have a bent against Ben Simmons anyway just because of their natural parochialism towards that team. Yeah, I, I, look, you could very well be right, but I'd much rather be wrong being naive and thinking the best of someone than throwing them under the bus, thinking the worst of them. And the message that that sends to tell people, well, you better not speak up then because this is what might happen. Everyone might jump down your throat and tell you you're lying. I think that's a dangerous yeah. place to go, Ryan.
4: Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for all that and respect all that. And I love Ben Simmons.
2: He's a Nazi and I love him, but I just, that's yeah, just a big coincidence. Yeah, and as I said, I understand the pessimism. And, uh, and look, I was just being very pessimistic about the Australian cricket board. So I get pessimism. I'm guilty of it myself. Um, but, I yeah, I appreciate the call. Um, and I, as I said, I'm more, I, I'm happy to be... I'd rather be wrong being naive thinking the best of someone than I would being right thinking the worst of them. But thank you for the call, yeah. Ryan. Greatly appreciate yeah, it. Uh, St Kilda Membership Day today. It's been the who's who of Saints uh, coming across the course of the day. Brett Ratton... Uh, spoke to Kane Corns earlier on today and spoke about how we measure coaching success
6: I don't know, I don't think it will happen but I think internally sometimes it does um, yeah how do you measure success that's the that's the big question for Eddie footy club yeah um, I was involved in <coughs> um, at Hawthorne and we won the three peat and I thought the year after was our best year out of the time that I was at Hawthorne and mm. uh, I think we've got to a kick away from a prelim um with all the injuries we had um you know players out manufacturing wins um coming from you know big margins down to to grab the victory and then get into the finals um I thought it was an amazing coaching performance by l and, and everybody involved, but I just thought that was the best year um at Hawthorne from a performance point of view, and we didn't even win it uh, we'd won three flags in a row, so it is a it is a question that. It's bandied around a bit behind the scenes and I think all clubs ask because you do have success even though you don't win the premiership. Um, There's a lot of growth. You'd probably look at Essendon last year. That was a very successful year for that football club to get back in the finals and do what they did. So, you know, how do you measure it? I think it's the growth of your people um, and your team, Um, but I'm not sure from a um, media point of view we're going to always look at it that way.
2: I found that really interesting, the chat that Kane was having with Brett Ratton earlier today about, are we too... Um, what's the word? Are, are, are we too um, stringent on what constitutes success? Are we too harsh on the, a premiership or nothing? I mean, I remember the old No Fear T-shirt. Second is the first loser. Do we take that too far in Australian sport, or can you... I mean. I would have given the. I thought that the Saints' season uh, two seasons ago was a real success, getting back into the finals for the first time in a while. They weren't able to back it up last year. I would say that Essendon's season last year was a success, even though they still didn't win a final. But their second half of the year to get to the finals was a a big improve. Sydney doing what they did last year, coming from 16th to uh, to get into the finals and to only really lose to bad kicking in that final against the Giants. So what does constitute success? American teams, a lot of times it's based on did you have a winning season or a not winning season? I mean, was your record above 500? And I'm not saying we have to do everything they do in America, but are we too harsh or do we set too lofty a standard or loftier goals to what constitutes success for a season? Brett Ratton also spoke about balancing internal expectations with reality.
6: Uh, Yes, there's no doubt. There's there's all... Mm all our dreams and aspirations of what we want to do, but then there's a reality piece as well, where, where we're actually at, and that's trying to get that balance right. Um, but in saying that, um, there's been teams that thought, let's play finals, and we've gone to the last day in September because of the confidence and growth that they never thought. Uh, draft picks that haven't even played yet have come in and and you know um, surprised everybody of how quickly they've um, adapted to AFL. So... There's, there's also that opportunity of, of growing a bit quicker as a team as well but I think those conversations happened a fair bit
2: Danny Frawley's number two um, story today that, uh, that St Kilda are looking at retiring his famous number two and hanging that uh, in their wellness centre that is named uh, in, after him and, and, and dedicated to his memory um, Matt Finnis from the St Kilda Footy Club spoke about the potential of retiring Spuds number two Okay. You won't see
5: number two going around um, this year, and obviously it's a special year for us in, you know, what we're doing down here as well. And yep. so, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on, and we look forward to making a bit more clarity
4: around Ooh. that going forward. Okay, oh, interesting.
2: Yeah. So I think that's something really special, and uh, I applaud St Kilda um, for looking to find um, as many ways as possible to, to honour the memory of the great man. Spud, Danny for Spud for all one 300 736 Chris is calling from One Turner South. G'day, Chris. G'day, hey, Sam. How are you going? I'm well, thank you. i just
3: like to take umbrage of that previous caller talking about um, Benson's
6: mental issues.
3: Yeah, until you've been there, you've done it, or you know someone has gone through it, you don't know. So I, I don't believe... I've been there, I've done it, and I know what it's all about. Hmm. But uh, yeah, when people talk about people's mental issues and and, and say, "Well, that's just a cop out or whatever," yeah, you know, it just hurts.
2: Yeah, and I'm I'm really sorry that um, that's been. I'm really sorry that you've had to have that experience, Chris. And I, and I hope you're doing okay now, mate, or, or getting oh, yeah, the help yeah. you need, working on it. In the way that you know, no no, 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 that's no, 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 all's good. I'm working on the flying, but
3: it just hurts me when people talk that way.
2: Yeah, I understand that, Chris. Mm. And I look, I've got no doubt, and I really do thank you for the call and, and for, for speaking mm. about your own personal experience because it takes it takes courage to do that. And and I don't believe that our last caller meant offence by it. Um, and you could hear that from the way that he re- re- reacted to to my, my thoughts on it,
0: I've mm, got no doubt yeah, that I think
2: maybe at times as that, that that sometimes it's it's been used as as an excuse by people. But I but I'll, I as I say, I'd much prefer to take people at face value, to accept what they're telling me is their experience, and then we get around and help that person as best we can, rather than try to rip them down even more because we don't believe them. And if you if, you know, and, and I almost think. And some people might think, oh, that's just being, you know, soft or whatever. But, geez, if he didn't, I wouldn't blame him if he did now. I mean, just to, to be called a liar, to have people say that, you know, that he's, he's conning people, all the stuff that's been said about him has been pretty horrific. And this is a 26-year-old guy. I don't care how many millions of dollars you've got. If you're in your mid-20s... You know, you're still finding out who you are in life, I reckon. And there are people that will argue with that, saying that when I was in my mid-20s, I was serving this country. And I put those people very much in a very different category with the greatest respect, uh, because what they do is something that in everyday life we don't have much, really, of a modicum of understanding about. But this is a guy in his mid-20s. I don't expect... I don't think that, you know... I have empathy for that, because he doesn't have it all figured out and he's just trying to hes trying to just do that. The, right, like the rest of us all are. I'm 41 years old, and I still don't have it all figured out. So, you know, just this idea, of, well, he's a professional athlete. He's got millions of dollars. He should know he should know it all, and, and he should be better. You know, I, I don't buy into that. It's just not how the world... I just don't think that that's how the world works. I could be wrong. I could be naive, but as I side I'd much rather be naive thinking the best of someone than right thinking the worst of them. Thanks for your call, Chris. I appreciate it. Good
3: on you. Good on you, Sam.
2: Uh, we'll be back to wrap it up on the other side of this. Uh, the Macca's run uh, from John Kane Arena. Back after this.
0: As a professional NBA player, we don't always get our way, right? And, you know, the problem where it all started is Doc made the comment, he was upset, backlash, boom, 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 and then the mental health thing came in. The difference between mental health and mental fortitude. Mm-hmm. You know, I... And I'm not comparing him to me, but you don't think I've heard we can't win with Shaq? You don't think I heard Shaq's not worth 120? You don't think I heard don't even throw it to, to, to Shaq D way, you shoot? Mm. Heard it all. And what makes us great is we, we learn how to persevere around all of that. I'm not going to get into the mental health thing because I was in LA yesterday. I seen real mental health. Mm. You know how many homeless people out there and you just talk to them like they have problems that we don't know about. And so I don't want to get into that. I don't want to have a, you know, conversation with them. I wish them well. I wish them the best. But that's when the problem started. Like it just started as a petty situation. And then you throw the mental health thing in. And I'm happy for them. But the question is, if this problem arises again, what are you going to do? Because mm. listen, I, I heard it 20 years. When I make my free throws in the full quarter, they love. Like, oh, it's ooh. Mm. Let me miss them. You don't think I get emails and posts and death threats? I, I don't heard it all, seen it all. I, I don't got booed before, so, you know, I just wish that if it, if this situation ever comes around again, that he mentally, he has a, a a tough enough mental fortitude to you know be able to get through it.
2: That's Shaquille O'Neal speaking about Ben Simmons, and that's exactly what we're talking about at the moment. That's, and I love Shaq, but he should be fine because I was, and back in my day. And there are people that are worse off. Those are the tired old lines that get thrown up when people talk about mental health and get dismissed for their own experience. And that's the dangerous part of what we're seeing now with Ben Simmons. So thank you to Shaq for illustrating uh, my point. Uh, 0433 98 uh, 11 16. Uh, someone might get in here and tell me if I've got time to play Lydia Thorpe. So speaking of Kane Corns today. No, I don't. (laughs) Have a listen to that chat. We might talk about it uh, in the coming weeks. But a really interesting conversation that Lydia Thorpe, the Senator, had in regards to equal pay for AFLW with Kane Corns uh, a little earlier. There was plenty other stuff on the station today. Brian Gorgian speaking about Josh Giddy. Aaron Finch was on uh, talking about missing out on the IPL. By the way, uh, Josh Cummins, uh, uh, Pat Cummins, Josh Hazelwood, Mitch Stark are not going to play in the fourth T20 against Sri Lanka. They're going to be rested for Pakistan. But there was a ton of great stuff on the station today, and it'll continue. Throwdown up next on SEN.
3: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Makers, together and loving it. TNC's apply.